everybody. This is Tyler. This is Danny. And we're the Fried Squirms. We're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies. I am already stoned, and I almost was not able to say that fucking sentence. This week, head to Spain, get a little Day of the Beast, back it up to 1995. But before we do all that, like we do every time, it's the Fried Squirms. <laughs> Gotta get all fried. So let's get in our green hits. Danny, what is this, Jay, that you handed me here? All right, so no surprise, but I stopped by Flower, picked up a couple of different packs of joints, but the one that I brought to you today is the strain Taste the Rainbow. And when you look up some information on this, it doesn't really give you much. I think you and I have pretty much concluded that it's probably a cross of Rainbow Kush and Skittles. It might just be Rainbow Kush. I mean, very well. And they might be. just be calling it Taste the Rainbow. Well, if that's Don't the know. case, for those who are curious, Rainbow Kush, a.k.a. Rainbow Bud, a.k.a. Rainbow, is an evenly balanced hybrid strain, and it's made by crossing Dance Hall with Blueberry. Now, Blueberry, being one of my all-time favorite strains, is an indica strain. I do know that. But this strain is known for its spicy, sweet fruit flavor, and it gives the consumer a pleasant, creative high and pain relief without a heavy body sensation. So this one is a... 50-50 hybrid, and it tastes just like a tropical Starburst candy. So if you're getting that, that's probably what this is then. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. Today, oh shit. So for the first time in like months, because my knee is finally better, I wandered further than like two blocks, got my ass back over to Stokes, brought you some Pineapple Jack, and it's kind of just in the name... <laughs> It's going to be sativa dominant, and it's pineapple crossed with Jack Herrera. And I like, like both But not like, I was wondering at first, I'm like, pineapple Jack, like that could still be like pineapple express or pineapple chunk. No, nah, this shit's bred from pineapple, like OG pineapple with Jack. So two fucking old school, super well relied upon fucking sativa strains crossed together. You should get a little bit of, like, the piney and earthy from the jack side, a little bit of the tropical from the pineapple side. But that's sort of what you're looking at, more of, like, a euphoric type high. All about it. Let's see. To go along with that, we would like to remind everybody that we do have a Patreon now, patreon.com slash fried squirms. Go check that out. Even at the lowest level, for only a dollar a month, you could have gotten this episode last week. At the highest level, you get yourself some stickers. You get yourself some access. And talk to us on Discord. We'll let you know when we're recording. You can ask us questions during the show. Then we'll answer. You can be part of the show in a weird roundabout way that involves, like, digital messaging services. If you understand what I'm getting at, go over there, check all that out. We'd super appreciate it. And I guess I guess we can just get to the guts and bolts of Day of the Beast, right? Like, we don't got anything else. I don't got anything else. You got anything else? Let's go. Guts and bolts, Day of the Beast. Guts and Bolts. Alright, Guts and Bolts, the who and what went into the making of Day of the Beast. Start off with our spoiler-free setup for the flick. Oh, I should have thought about this harder before we rolled into this section. A priest and theology professor thinks that he's cracked, essentially, quote-unquote, the Bible code and has figured out when the Antichrist has been born and goes on a mission to corrupt himself to save the world. 
I think that's a pretty good setup without getting into any spoilers about what this film entails. And of course, from week to week, we like to talk about the cast and crew of the film. And this week, we have director and one half of the writing team. This gentleman is Alex de la Iglesia. And a few films of note because he's known for quite a few films, but I've got Commonwealth. He's known for the films The Oxford Murders, The Last Circus. Witching and bitching. He's also known for such things. No shit. He did witching and bitching. Yeah. Okay. It's like, oh, I know that's one we've kind of talked about, and I hear it gets pretty decent reviews. He's also known for directing the film Perdita Durango, which I believe was his first film he shot actually in the states. Okay. He's also known for the film Eight Hundred Bullets. He's done a couple of television series. He's also helped with Messi, which is a documentary about Lionel Messi for those who are soccer fans, including myself. And uh, he's an actor. He's a writer, I've already mentioned. He's got a couple of other credits to his name there. Moving along, we have the other half of the writing team, and that is Jorge Guerrica Echeverria. And he's also known for working with Mr. La Iglesia. And those films include The Oxford Murders. He also helped on Celda 211. And he's also helped on Witching and Bitching in the film El Nino. All right, we have a cinematographer we've actually talked about a couple of times before, surprisingly. And that gentleman is Flavio Martinez Labiano, and we've talked about him actually with Stephen, who just left oh, uh, shit. back when we reviewed Time Crimes on episode 197. Oh, okay. Yeah, and okay. the very next week we reviewed Bones, which was our episode 198. But a few other films of note because do have to mention those. He's also known for helping on Perdita Durango. He's also helped on Dying of Laughter. You might have seen his work on Goal Part 2, Living the Dream. He's the DP on the film The Shallows, which I think a lot of people know of. He's also helped on The Invisible Guardian, the film Kidnap, Horizon Line, and more recently from this year, Jungle Cruise. Oh, no shit. He did Jungle Cruise? Mm-hmm. Good for him. That's some fucking Disney big fucking rock movie. Yeah, Unknown was a Liam Neeson film as mm-hmm. well. So he's, like I said, worked on some pretty decent films. All right. The editor on this is Teresa Font. She's known for editing the films Number Days, The Uncovering, and the film Pain and Glory. The music was composed by Batista Lina, and they're known for composing the music for the film Hard Boiled Egg. Shooting the Moon, and the film Couch Potatoes. This was produced by Andres Vicente Gomez. The distributor was Trimark Pictures for the 1998 United States theatrical release. Had release date October 20th, 1995 in Spain. The estimated budget was about $1.5 million. And the tagline I have is, When saints become sinners, no one is safe. What's okay, you? I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not bad, not bad. That ain't bad. All right, now... I did limit the cast in terms of our actors because I only felt there was maybe just a handful of people who were really vital to the story. In leading off, I have Alex Angulo, who plays the role of Father Angel Berriatua, and he's known for the films Dying of Laughter. He was in Pan's Labyrinth. He was also in The Backwoods and the film Brain Drain. I have Armando de Raza. He plays the role of Professor Cavan. And... Two films of note I have from him. He was in the film Hanover and the film Ole. Dude, that guy, I would have swore up and down I had seen him in something before, but oh. I poured back and forth over his filmography, and I'm like, I have never seen any of these movies. He looked super fucking recognizable to me, and I do not know why. <laughs> yeah, it just has a very familiar face. All right, we have Santiago Segura plays the role of Jose Maria. 
Now, this gentleman, he is multi-talented. He's also a director of a series I'm about to mention, which he actually stars in as well. But a few films of note that he's known for are the films Mutant Action. He was also in the film Perdita Durango. You've seen him in Dying of Laughter. Now, he starred and directed the films Torrente, which are part of a film series. He's also been in quite a few Del Toro films, which include Pacific Rim. He was both in Hellboy 1 and 2. He was also in Blade Part 2. Some people might have seen him in the film Jack and Jill, which is an Adam Sandler film. And he was also in Agent Cody Banks Part 2. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> All right, we have Terrell Pavas. She plays the role of Rosario, which is Jose Maria's mother in the film. Okay, yep, yep. <clears throat> she was in the films Commonwealth. She was also in the films 800 Bullets, The Last Circus, and Witching and Bitching. We have Natalie Sesenia. She plays the role of Mina, which is the love interest of Jose. Mm-hmm. All right. She was in the film La Celestina. She was also in the film Teresa and Vanessa in the film Canicula. And last but not least, I have Maria Grazia Cucinata. She plays the role of Susana which is not a fair maiden in this film. <laughs> but she was in the films, I think it's El Posto, but it means the postman. She was also in the film A Brooklyn State of Mind. You might have seen her in The World Is Not Enough, which is a James Bond film. And she was also in a Sir Anthony Hopkins film, The Right. So that pretty much rounds out the cast and crew. I know you gave us a brief setup. We should give you a few warnings heading into the next section. Day of the Beast. Met, minute, 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 minute. minute. Devil, devil, yeah. beast, all about beast. all about the devil. Six, six, six. If you don't like that, might want to sit this one out. There's some blasphemous stuff. Yeah, not real heavy, but a little bit. A bit of blood and violence. A bit, not a ton, but like I it's know. there. I know this one. Because drug use. There is, yeah. There's definitely drug use. I was gonna say there is nudity. There is definitely nudity. There's dong in this. Oh shit. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember no tits. No, there's dong in this. Yeah, I would have. Re- well, there should have been, but we didn't get the goods. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, there's a new. Oh, dang it. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I mean, language, your basic stuff, some violence yeah. here and there, not much, but. It ain't that bad. No, keep in mind, though, it, this is a black comedy horror. Yes. Yep, yep. I guess let's just uh, get into how the Day of the Beast made us. Squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right. El Dia de la Bestia. Day of the Beast. How did it make us squeal? I had never seen it before. We'll start off with. Yeah, me either. We chose this because we'd seen a decent amount of really good reviews for this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd read several different things about it, and I know that Del Toro praises this film as mm-hmm. well. So Now, for me... Long story short, we'll get into the long story here in a second, but, like, I dug it. It would never be my go-to. It's fine. I dug it, but it's, eh. Yeah, it has its moments. I mean, there was parts in this film where it did tickle me pink, but, yeah, it's not one I'd always go back to, but it's not a bad one either. No. This is another one where, like, nothing about it is really bad. It's just, it's just it nah. didn't really hook me that much either. I know what you mean. It was fine. I enjoyed it. It was kind of hard to keep paying attention at some points. <laughs> yeah. It's probably like 15 minutes longer than it needs to be for what the movie is. I would agree with that as well. 
But you know, I mean, I feel like they probably had some fun with it. Just yeah, kind of doing what. Yeah, they it seems to like do. they had a good time with it and shit. Like, yeah. and I, I think that kind of comes through even. And I think that's probably why it, it lasts a little bit longer than it probably it should. But yeah, regardless, it's it's a fair film. It's not bad. And like, yeah, it's a black comedy, but it's not like a comedy comedy. No, I know. It's more just like absurd that any of this is happening. <laughs> I think that's probably wherein the real comedy lies. It's just, it's absurd. Mm-hmm. This priest comes up with this stupid fucking theory of what the fucking book revelation in the Bible is actually saying. And it's not a word, it's a number. But then you, the number is, of course, the date that the Antichrist is going to be born because did. reasons... Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like a lot of these, this shit is like because reasons, but then it keeps working out. And like that's kind of the comedy. Yeah, exactly. It's like all these coincidences. Also, it's so. kind of Fright Night, right? Honestly, it reminded me a little bit. Maybe it's just because the storyline is similar, but of End of Days. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was just thinking the sort of like subplot of like, well... I'm not really good at this shit. Yeah. So yeah. this guy's on TV. Let's just go like talk to him because he's there obviously is definitely an that in it. Maybe and I'm like, no... that's kind of Fright Night, right? Uh, yeah, it really is. It really is. <laughs> that's funny. But uh, Fright Night's kind of funnier than this movie. <laughs> oh man, I'm not even gonna go there because how much I love Fright Night. So. But there's moments this film has. No, that, like, uh, you know. The comedy is understated. It's all there. Right. And it's, it's just more in the sense too. that, like, why does this make sense? Why does this keep happening? No. There is a bit of silliness about it that I do like. And I think that's mm -hmm. what is owed to the whole, you know, just being absurd in the first place, the notion of the film. So I don't know. So, okay, yeah. Getting into the movie itself, like, I kind of set it up this priest, a father on hell, he figures out, he's like, okay, like... Crack this code. I crack the code, and it's actually a number, and of course the number is the date the Antichrist is going to be born. Guess what? It's really fucking soon. I'm going to go get my yeah. homie. We got to go figure this out. Just a series of random events that align themselves. That's where I find, yeah, the comedy, the absurdity. But it makes the film interesting, too, you know? And he's just like, he goes to his homie... Yo, do you think we can bear this cross? Splat. I thought that was so funny. It's like the choice of lines. I mean, that's definitely clever writing. That was good. You know, that's almost. There's a couple other things that I think rank up there. That's almost the closest to a flat-out joke this movie ever makes. Yeah, there's a refrain that happens. At, I think it's a repeated line, which is I wouldn't say it's funny, but it has a point. What the poor circulation. No, there was, there was one a little bit later on. I'll mention it because I've got it written down. But part of the absurdity in this, and what I kind of just found funny because of its ridiculousness, is how upfront the father is about his plan this entire time. Because now, like, he's yeah. like, I still have to go get this done. So even though his homie gets squished, he goes off Has to do his on, thing. on his mission, as it were. Right? Right. Yeah. And part of his mission is, like, he's not shying away from doing evil anytime he sees the opportunity. Because, because then the devil will trust him. Right. He wants to be one of 
Satan's boys. He's like, I'm looking to sell my soul to Satan so that I find out where the Antichrist is being born so that I can go kill his ass yeah, and like save the world. Which I'm like, that's actually pretty fucking... If you're going to do it, you know, I got gotcha. you. That's a pretty, like, clever... I, I don't know if I've seen something like that. Like, I'm going to become an undercover Satanist so I can kill Satan is right. kind of and a neat idea. a priest as that vessel, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. That does make it interesting. That's a neat idea. The absurdity comes in the fact that he's telling everybody he can his plan. I know. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about, crazy dude? And not just that, but like... Rightfully so. He's telling them his entire plan. He's like, I'm actually trying to save the world. I'm only doing this so the devil trusts me. It's like, motherfucker, the devil can hear you. Like, that was proven when your homie got squished. Right. Right. It's like, dude. So he he knows what you're doing. Fully you're, aware. Fully aware. Half of Madrid knows, because you won't fucking shut up about it. Like you said, he's letting it be known to everybody he can. He's it's like, I'm, anymore, I'm literally just doing this so that I can backstab him. Like, that's all, that's right. all I'm doing. That's all I want to do. Is I crack the code. Which is kind of annoying, but at the same time, it's kind of amazing that it just continually works in his favor. Right. It doesn't take very long for it to set in motion. He's like the fucking Mr. Magoo of goddamn priests trying to sell their yeah, souls. he's Pink Panther in this shit. <laughs> but the other kind of funny thing is like... Not all of it, but for the most part, all of his sinning is just stupid little fucking oh, that's petty stuff. high school petty bullshit. It's silly. But I'm just going to key every car that I walk by. Yeah. Not even every car. He doesn't get everyone, but like. <laughs> I thought it was funny when he was supposed to give the last rites, quote unquote, mm. to the burn victim, took his wallet, told him rotten hell. That was pretty good. That was actually kind of fucked up. Whoa. And when he pushes the busker. Yeah. I was like, all this is pretty clever. It's funny. He's taking the guy's change. So. But where are they going with this? He didn't set up that toy display with the guns. No. He was just looking at it approvingly. Oh, did you notice one of the toys in that hole? Oh, man. I don't think I did. Dude. It was one of the first things that caught my eye in this entire film was in that display there's a doll of baby Sinclair. Oh shit. The, the no, okay. Dinosaurs. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I'm like, what the fuck? Which is funny because the show ran from 91 through 94. Oh, so and if this film came out in 95, unless it was probably they shot in 94, 94. Right. So it's like, that is funny, man. Cause I was not expecting to see that at all. That's fucking funny. But like that one was weird because they were doing like a montage of showing him sinning. And then yeah, it shows this juxtaposition of guns and children's toys. But there's no way he set that up. No. I'm Is he just like, it's just, yeah, that's that's cool. That's my yeah, new aesthetic. Right, right. Or it's just, I'm about this now. I would have looked at this disapprovingly before. Yeah, but. Exactly. Like, this is, this is what's, uh, quote, unquote, the bad part of the world is... Introducing oh. guns and shit to kids. You oh, know, was that what it was supposed to show? Is like I now mean, he's in the bad part of town? Maybe, maybe. I'm thinking they're probably highlighting that fact that this is associated with bad stuff. Look, I do want to say that I I think this movie does have a bit of a social message. Yeah, it does. I know it does, but I don't know too much of Spain's political situation, so I can't comment. Really. And especially in 95. Right. I have little to none. <laughs> but like... Yeah, there's definitely, like, a classism thing going on. 
you can totally tell. Yeah, there's a classism. You could probably even feel like uh, maybe there's some racial stuff too. Don't know for sure. Not for certain, but uh, who knows? But you're right. There is a social commentary underneath this film. It's dumb, but basically the only thing he's doing is he's just like walking through town trying to find things that are blatantly satanic. Oh my gosh, dude. Or occulty. And just like, yo, you can help, right? Yeah, when he sees Professor Kavan's television show Mm -hmm. in one of the displays, and he writes the number down, and then, you know, he's just kind of wandering around the city of Madrid. He happens upon a guy who's handing out leaflets or whatever, and he's telling the guy his his story. That was for the Nostradamus event, right? Right. That pops up again later? Absolutely. And then it, you know, happens to be next door to a record shop that has a bunch of Satanist stuff yeah, in the display. Because it's a heavy metal record store. Of course, naturally. And that's where we are introduced to Jose Maria, who, I don't know if he runs a shop, but he's helping, right? Right. And he digs Angel because Angel is there specifically for certain albums. And I like the way they're written out. Like, Napalm oh, Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Hey, say, they say. That's funny. So... Yeah, he's like, all right, he's helping him out. And he tells him, he's like, you know what? My old lady, my gal runs a hostel. I love that he's just like flipping through albums and he's like, this one has the fucking devil right on the cover. Could you put this on? I know, man. Like the, who was it? He's just like hoping to get fucking lucky. Like, yeah, the sensor board, all that stuff. They would have been proud of him. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's the ones. Look, this one's obviously satanic. Yeah, so it's just setting up that whole stuff. But because he had mentioned the fact that there's a hostel, mm-hmm. you know, he goes, checks it out, finds a room because he mentions uh, Jose. So we're now we're introduced to a few more characters, which happen to be Mina. There's Rosario, which is Jose's mom, and his, is his granddad? Ooh, I will point out something. Jose Maria, super Catholic name. Mm-hmm. Having that Maria middle name. Dude, yeah. Like, that's super Catholic, which is super funny that he's like the Satanist in the movie. Yeah, exactly. This stuff is clever. It's done intentionally. That's probably why Del Toro likes it, too. Because mm-hmm. it's probably just like a, a little backhand. But also with, like, them just... This whole story is, like, trying to get the Antichrist and how, like, the devil likes to <laughs> yeah. make things similar but not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Having a guy literally named Joseph Mary. Right. And him being a Satanist. <laughs> it's like, come on, dude. That's, that's kind of fun. obvious. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Anyway. But it's playful. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Where where were we? Like, he's got the fucking room. Oh, yeah. He gets the room. You know, we get all that stuff. Here's where I think it gets interesting because Rosario's pretty much speaking out against Nina giving the room to mm-hmm. the priest because she's, you know, she's talking about the people out in the real world, criminals, what have you, all these anecdotal stories. Until she mentions the money and, like, how much he paid for the room. She's like, oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> But what that sets up now is she, he comes she, in. He probably taught my son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like the Jesuit funny. school or whatever. That was funny. That implies all kinds of different shit. But what I got out of this whole scene is, you know, Jose's there. In comes his granddad. And I was like, God damn, another film with <laughs> naked dude. old man dick. Right. Not only that, but, you know, they're talking about dropping acid and all this other shit, too. <laughs> Oh my god damn, this movie's getting a little crazy. Acid dropping naked grandpa. What is it? He gives All right. He gives fucking his grandpa just like half a hit of acid every day to start the day. Just I like mean, keeps him buzzed up. Shit, if I I mean, 
if I were grandpa, that's not the worst existence you could have is walk around naked, eating acid. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever. The next note I have is it segues from that into command. We get like his whole production for his show. Mm-hmm. And it happens to be about an exorcism he gives to this 11-year-old kid who happens to be like, or claims to be the devil. Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Which I, I thought, thought was funny. I thought it was a fake until too. later on I it comes too. back around that like Havan's like, no, that kid, like we exercise that kid. Look, it's just the way the it was set up. Devil. It was so, <laughs> I was like, if this feels so staged the way it's, yeah, it's happening, but and I like, like that. Exactly where the cuts are happening and stuff. You're like, they do that intentionally, but because of what we learn later on, it's, it's real. <laughs> exactly. And I'm, I'm like, I'm loving this. My first time through, I was like, I love how they're doing this because it's, this is silly. This shit you can tell is fake as fuck. <laughs> you know, it's made for primetime TV, that kind of stuff. Right. And because his show leads into the occult and other things. I have seen realer shit on Jerry Springer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, right? You know what I mean? Like, Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a whole different story. But. I liked all that, and I was like, "Look at how fucking silly this is." They're using this kid, but you're right. I like that was even more clever is the wraparound on that. Anyway, and Hell winds up following Kavan back Let, home while we're talking about. Oh yeah, I'm it, sorry. the clever part of that wraparound is they don't draw mm-hmm. attention to it at all. Mm-mm. They don't draw attention don't. to the fact like, oh, we thought that was fake, or like they always thought it was real because they're dumb. Yeah, it's like they can't help but believe all that stuff for this to make sense. It just so happened that it was real, so they can just gloss over I know, it. whereas we're here like, yeah, right, this is bullshit from the get-go. All this is bullshit, and he's going to find out it's bullshit. <laughs> all right, so that's where we're at. Yeah, I got to where, yeah, and how follows Kavan back to his house, right? And then this is where well, he, he's Kavan informing stops him. at that fucking... Oh, dude, yeah. That was fucked up, right? That was pretty gnarly. So we get the introduction to a group of people who are like a part of what they call, uh, was it Clean Up Madrid? Yeah, yeah. Olympia Madrid. Yeah, Olympia Madrid. But I think that's where that group has some social context that I don't know much about. Right, well, because when you see the group later on... Like, they're obviously all rich and well-off. Yes. And Satanists on top of that. Yes. And the people that they're killing, they're killing basically just for being poor. That's it. Like, I was going to say and homeless, but, like, they wiped out that fucking convenience store and, like, they're not homeless. Like, they're just in a fucking poor section of town. Yeah. And they're just like, clean this up. Yeah. Almost like, (laughs) we need to gentrify this shit. But, which... Might wash it, whatever. Who knows? I do want. We already pointed out that like all the, for the most part, most of the priest sins are just like stupid little petty they shit. Are really petty. I think it's part of the understated humor of this is that he is intentionally going out of his way to try to sin, and everyone he's around, just in their normal everyday life, sins yeah. worse. Oh, much worse, much worse. I think that's probably. His naivety about mm-hmm. the real world and how his perception of what sin is, is, yeah, it's so minuscule in comparison. And he, like, he's trying to do bad shit, but, like, Kavan doesn't even, like, break stride from oh. what he's doing when a murder has happened in this convenience store Dude. that he's stopping at. Yeah, there's That's a, pretty gnarly. There's a guy dead in the cooler of where he's getting a drink or whatever the fuck he's getting. And then when he's dropping the money off, mm-hmm. there's a dead dude there, too. 
But he's still and like, like and he's go, and he's just gonna go home and screw him. his girlfriend, right? Out of wedlock, since we're talking about sin, right? So there's lust and all this other stuff, like fucking Jose Marie, like openly lusts after Mina, as well as just like is fucking dropping acid at the breakfast table and feeding his grandpa acid. Yeah. And like his mom is oh, super fucking greedy. I think and that like, we didn't even mention that too. Like when she's talking. Oh yeah. And he's, oh, she elbows him in the back. Wham. <laughs> I was like, I like that. Yeah, she just... fucks his shit up. <laughs> yeah. She really fucks him up. Which is, I mean, all that stuff is interesting. It's unique. I think, Maybe not just in Spain, but sometimes in cinema, like you don't necessarily see that kind of stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that we do, but it's just a difference in, in that mentality. It's it's more comedic than anything, even though it's violent. Kind of while we're on the social things, Angel is overpaying for shit. Like he's a priest, but he's well off. Yeah. Kavan is well off. The only one of the group that's actually poor, when they encounter... Olympia Madrid ends up dead just like the other poor people. <laughs> yeah. And the other two's punishment is to be made poor. That's wild. And like, I think there's definitely some fucking yeah. like class stuff that's being said in this movie. I think that's a solid point, dude. I think you're right. Interesting. <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of what we're saying is like, you can see it, but I don't know the brevity. Yeah, I don't it. know what exactly the situation was. In Spain at the time, I don't, I, but even there are some pretty obvious things that this movie's doing. Yeah, which is cool. Which is mm-hmm. cool. We're picking up on the little nuances, but it's there. I mean, this this is. The I, whole I, I wrote it down in my notes thing, that yeah. they abduct him, but like yeah. it's in his apartment. Exactly. They don't take him anywhere. No, no, no. They just bust in, and, and there's just a series of like little comedic things with Jose Maria with his car, right? And mm-hmm. That whole situation, and he keeps coming back up, fucking with the mask, all that other stuff. Which is another, I think, another little social commentary. Like, this guy's uncultured. He's just touching shit, mm-hmm. dropping stuff at whim. Anyway, the whole point is they're entrusting him, or at least Angel is, because he thinks he knows stuff about invoking the devil. He needs to talk to the devil and, you know, and make this like, deal go down. And he's like, wrote it in your book, but it's really unspecific. I need the specifics. Too. Right, and this is where I, another part of this film where it's clever is because the whole time it sounds like Kavan is just leading him in on Wild Goose Chase or just, you know, like well, patronizing he, he, him in a way. He admits that he thinks he is. He's like, it's all for show, and then the devil shows up. And he's like, well, fuck it, just tell me what you know, and we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Coincidentally, of course, a little bit later on, they need some blood from a maiden, virgin, if you will. His girlfriend happens to rise as soon as they started going after her, i'm like this is going to be a funny little chair sequence but they're going to have to go get somebody else because she's not a fucking virgin no and i'm like i know what this movie's doing right now that's one of the parts where i'm like this is 10 just, minutes too long it's just like silly. i get this joke immediately it's some benny hill stuff mm-hmm. you know but that's where on hell goes back to the hostel that whole thing with mina ensues it also involves rosario because she's looking for mina she happens to see the butt end of Angel dragging Mina away so he can draw blood from her. She gets that gun, that little shotgun, whatever. <laughs> they gave shit. her that cool, like, badass look at the camera fucking while cocking it moment, and she kind of fucks his shit up when she bursts in the she door. She catches him. I didn't think that was going to happen. No. I was like, oh, shit, she fucked him up. Good. The way that scene played out actually surprised the fuck out of me. Yeah, it was sudden. It was violent. 
That being said, Damn. the eventual payoff, because she ends up dying in the chase, kind of anticlimactic. It like, really was. It's kind of, yeah. It really doesn't affect the movie too much other than Angel needs to get it off his chest later on. Yeah. And then Jose Marie is kind of like, well, I didn't really have a good relationship with my mom anyway, so fuck that bitch. Like, well, that, we got shit that needs to get done. I think that, too, you could say that might be his, like, his first murder incidental. Mm-hmm. Or as accidental as it is, it's still murder, if mm-hmm. you will, you know. So, yeah, that was another one of those things that he got off the list. Just yeah. A little bit higher on the bucket list. But even then, it's like, right. that one is is entirely accidental when you're watching it. Like, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he wasn't going there for to do the whole that. No. He just needed some blood, some virgin blood. Anyway, he gets it. They go back. They perform the ritual. And it actually... Some shit starts to happen because I also dropped some acid in them. <laughs> yeah. I had to keep that in mind. That goat's got devil eyes. I know, dude. That was so funny. What's his name? Brian. Uh... I'm Brian Fellows. Yeah, I'm Brian Fellows. <laughs> oh. Goat's got devil eyes. <laughs> Those are, the do- goat starts walking in, though. And I'm like, fuck yeah, they I did like, it. Hell yeah. And then he got up standing up. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Which looked both kind of menacing and kind of goofy all at once. Oh, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, oh, this is kind of like, metal, but it's also goofy as fuck. <laughs> that's kind of what uh, Jose Maria, is, he mm. always said, he's like, oh, that's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's heavy. Yeah, I was like, that's funny, man. But at least we got that, you know, and you you can make it whatever you want. You can say, was that literally them seeing it or were they just tripping because they're all doing acid? I think the rest of this movie cements that that was really the devil, but I think so too. I think so too. But initially, I wasn't wasn't one hundred percent sold on mm-hmm. it, you know. And they are tripping through most of the rest of the movie too. Yeah, but mm, I don't think to that extent. Not all of them, right? No, like, I don't think so. I don't think so. Could be wrong, but I don't think so. Mm. I'd have to rewatch it. You probably can make an argument that most of the back end of this movie doesn't happen the way we see it. Because of the drug use, but I mean, there's an I, argument. I for like it. the devil version. I do too. Yeah, I do too. But I think you could also read into the drug. I know, I'm thinking about too. it now, and I'm like, you. It might just be drugs. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> all right, so we get to a point where our, they get a message from all the ashes after the pact. Oh, like, right. You know, it gets burned because how does it make the same deal? game? Yeah, this ain't no damn game. So, all right, they get the message. Who is it? Susanna, doesn't she show back up with cops? And this is where they have to make their escape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so they go down the Schweppes sign, and all that shit ensues. Dude, I groaned so hard when I first saw that Schweppes sign in the background, because I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. Like, this is obviously not modern. <laughs> not only that, but I think they do a, a decent job of, Kind of like foreshadowing. They'll show something, and then, yeah, mm-hmm. it'll have a payoff later yeah, on. But that's the thing. When, like, the payoff was they're crawling across the Schweppes line, I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding I me. I know. I'm like, and they're on acid on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are they doing? And Jose Marie's being the worst. Yeah, he's being a dick. But it's funny because he's Fuck tripping. fucking tripping ass. He's tripping, you know. Somebody's got to get him a better fucking trip sitter. There's strength to, like... And hell, and <laughs> when they lift him back up, it's like, like, dude, dude, they're no, no, no. Uh-uh. all three of you guys are done toast. Yeah, you're you're done, so guys. But, but you know, it's it a, worked it's in the movie. course of the movie. It's a movie. <laughs> all right, they drop Kavan. Kavan drops below. I they, thought he was done, but he, he's not. 
Also, no, he totally dies, but... That's what I was thinking. It's like, he's done. There's no way he survived that. But he does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. But no, you're right. He dies. Yeah, Susanna's down there, of course, with the cops. I already mentioned that. I put all hell breaks loose when Angel and Jose, they crashed that Nostradamus lecture. That was kind of fun. Yeah, that was pretty good. I was like, it's nothing that we haven't seen before, but he makes it outlandish because he's just like barraging the guy with questions. Mm -hmm. about. I I love when they're first sitting down and Jose is just like, get out the fucking seat, dude. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) get the fuck out of here. Little things like that are mm-hmm. what make this film fun. Uh, yeah, guards get involved, cops, whatever, because he's he's doing a little too much. He's being a little too extra. Oh, shit. Before the Nostradamus meeting, when, like, everybody kind of thinks Kavan's dead, and then he busts in the studio because he went to the hospital just oh, long yeah, enough yeah, to yeah. get his fucking cast and shit. I didn't put it together till the second time that when dude gets electrocuted, that was Kavan's pen. Mm-hmm. Because I was just being a fucking high asshole the first time I watched it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, because the, the second time through, I was like, oh, that's where his pen went. That was meant to kill Kavan. Yep, and this guy who's fanboying out for his mm-hmm. wife gets it instead. Little things like that, like, oh, shit. Yeah, this ain't a game. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I see it now. That, And honestly, no, that was, noticing that, that the second time through made me enjoy the movie a little bit more. I'm like, oh, there's actually a little bit more terror here than... Yeah, that meets the eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's some some menacing stuff happening. All right, once they get out of that, like, that little lecture, whatever, like I said, all hell kind of breaks loose. And hell is following that guy who's giving the lecture because he thinks that guy has knowledge or he's withholding information about the location yeah. of the Antichrist. So he starts to follow him around the streets. You know, and you got to mind you, Madrid's a big city. It's a busy city. Lots of people out and about. He's chasing the guy. The cops finally spot on hell because he fucking, he goes up on this stage where the three wise men are at. Oh, right. With the kids. And, uh, yeah, Jose starts to open fire because he's got a little pump shotgun, whatever. Yeah, and that's when I said, like, all hell starts to break loose because the fucking cops open fire, hit those <laughs> wise men. Jose gets on hell. They, you know, kind of duck they wind up riding out because I think that's... Don't they get with Kavan at that point? No, no, no. They they get into, like, a taxi or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, and they get this guy to drive. Because it's later him. on that Kavan has kind of figured out where they're at, and he pulls up, and... Yeah, that was a not, little They're not expecting on. him, and he's just like, does the cool He's-ish. guy, like, get the fuck in. Yeah, that's a little bit later on, but they wind up spotting homeboy. Which, you know what? I'm going to give Kavan props. He kind of was the cool guy through this. No, he was pretty legit. <laughs> yeah. Even though he's set up to be, like, a... You might think he's a dick and all this other stuff. He was all right. He was all right. All right. Uh, they spot the guy. You find out that the guy's not into any of this stuff. He, all he is is just a lecturer on Nostradamus. That's it. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, okay, you check out. My bad. <laughs> My bad. This guy's he's all right. This is where they're – I think they're at like a little – I don't know. It was a bus stop or whatever. Is this where they call him on the – they tell him to just, you know, he's like, look, I want to get a car. You need to chill. Yeah. And this is where on hell he sees that the cleanup Madrid, uh, Olympia Madrid. Oh, that's when the dude gets fucking lit on fire. And right. Shit. And he comes back to him mm-hmm. and he wanders off. And when he wanders off, well, before he sees the guy's shirt, it says Satanica, which is that metal band that Hosea told him about earlier. Yes. Because of the tape. There's a concert in hell. And I think he's starting to put some shit together. 
because he does wind up finding that club and he's wandering around. He's looking specifically, I think, for the band to perform. I think you're right. Yeah. And he winds up seeing a woman who's pregnant. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe that's the woman he's looking for because she's pregnant. And he thinks the same thing. Yeah. And he sees her necklace and it has like, you know. Like the ram's head. Yeah, Baphomet, whatever. He rips it off her, and that sets and some dudes off. And gets his ass beat. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter, the circumstances. You don't do that, man. Like, he's, fuck, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Jose comes back, finds out he's missing, winds up finding him. He goes to the club, finds him. And, like, they fucked him up pretty good. And, yeah, that's where Kavan, they, they go back out. They see his broadcast. He's doing the live broadcast, looking specifically for Unhell. And they call into the stage. That part made that part made me laugh for a weird personal reason. It wasn't anything like interrupting a giant live TV broadcast. But back in in college, me and my roommate, we had some friends that did one of the biggest radio shows on that tiny ass little campus. Pretty awesome. Uh, they were the only show that was sponsored at the time and shit. So it was kind of fun because we actually got to do like real giveaways and shit. But at a certain point during the year, we ended up down there hanging out at one point and had a good time and, and kind of half filled in for one of the guys while he was sick or something. I can't re- quite remember how we ended up down there the first time. But after that, like we would turn on their show because they were friends of ours. But if we didn't get our ass down there, they would fucking call us out on the show and be like, yo, get down here. We know that you're only like a block away. Come to the studio now. And we'd be like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. All right. I'm going to try to maybe expedite this a little bit. But Kavan, he learns where their whereabouts are at because of the tape and because of all the information. Yeah. That's where he finds them. He winds up riding up on them. They go back in the car. Now, he's gathered some information, too, in the midst of all this because he's, like... Like, he's had all of his producers and shit. Well, he sees the name of that group, and it rings some bells because he he had this little section in his book that had, like, all these different signatures. I think when Mm -hmm. people were making packs with the devil or whatever, and he recognized it, and, you know... He's like, look, this. Yeah. It's, It's clever, but, you know... His noticing that there was a recurring mark was clever his explanation for why that mark had to be the way it was made no fucking sense even when he was drawing it out in front of you just mere coincidences and all this other shit but yeah and then that's where that wraparound happens with the kid from earlier where it's like no this the kid i was telling you about earlier he had that mark that's where i was like oh that's where it rang a bell (laughs) it makes sense but there's also a bigger significance because he figures out where the location at the birth of the Antichrist is going to be at Madrid. He's like, Because of those marks. If you make churches in the shape of a cross, <laughs> then the satanic place needs to be in the place of this satanic mark. So look what looks like this. Dun, 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 dun. That was actually really cool framing, though. I like, liked all that. Yeah. All right. This is what it reminded me of, and this is maybe a little bit of it talking out loud. But last week, if you listen to our Halloween special, uh, we brought up a film called Black Dynamite. And there's some expo in that film where they're figuring out shit. And it was almost like a lecture about how they're doing with Kavan. Yeah. And that's what I was like, this is funny. <laughs> this is funny. Because <laughs> in the context of the film, all this shit makes sense, even though it's so absurd and so unlikely. It doesn't really make any sense. 
but it does. Like I said, he's drawing it out in front of you. It doesn't make sense what he's drawing. Why yeah. does that have to be the satanic mark if that's what a cross it, looks it's like? It's kind of like a mirroring of what Angel was doing to him in his apartment or his, mm-hmm. you know, his home, writing all that shit out because of the dates. I do love kind of the the weird joke that everyone seems that like agrees that on hell's theory is crazy, but they're all willing to listen to it all. That's a solid point. At least they're willing to listen. Like, okay, dude. Cause he doesn't pose a threat. Really? He's not a big guy and he's a priest, but nobody like shouts him down or is like, Oh, that's bullshit yeah, or anything. The they, they just let him ramble it on. Like, all right, bro. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, bro. Let him have his turn. They at least let him have his mm-hmm. turn. Give him that. But yeah, anyway, because he's telling them all that, we are introduced to a set of towers. They're actually called the Keo Towers okay. in Madrid. And it looked it up. Totally legit. But you also get a statue, which is actually cool, because at the time, it was the only tribute to the fallen angel mm. in the world, because that fountain statue is of Lucifer. It's a real statue in Madrid. Oh. It's like, oh, that's fucking legit. So, and at the time, too, because those towers weren't uh, open to the public until 1996, so those towers were still kind of a work in progress at the time. It's kind of neat. Anywho, that's where they discover the location of the baby. Right. And some dudes that we saw from earlier. Yeah, the fucking limp dicks are back. Yeah, limp dicks are back. (laughs) All right, so in the credits, they're credited as Toyota Man. Toyota men. Oh, okay. If you if you're on the database, I saw that credit, but I didn't know what the fuck that All right. meant. I just saw a little bit of this in like crazy credits or something like that. If you're mm-hmm. on the database, and this is a reason why they're named that or credited that is because the fucking van that they're in is a Toyota. I'm like, oh, you're fucking kidding me. Why don't you just name them that fucking name of the group? Yeah, Olympia Madrid. Hello. That would make a lot more sense than Toyota Man. <laughs> what the fuck? That's dumb as shit. Yeah, anyway. Anyhow, if you're on the database and you're looking up credits, that's who these guys are. That's what that meant. So those guys start to fucking open fire and go in kind of haywire. I don't know how the fuck they kept missing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, I was thinking happened. the same thing. I was like, they were way too close, like point blank. Also, for following this, like, the group... For all of the movie up to this point, it is super sudden how quick they just get sort of, like, beat down and split up and, like, fucked up at the end of this. That's a solid point, too. That's why some of this film, I mean, yeah, it's silly. It's absurd. Like, I had to rewind. I was like, wait, did he just fucking brain Kavan? I mean, yeah. That's what I'm like, man, what is going on right now? I'm like, you guys suck at shooting. Precisely, dude. I was like, well, but... We also have to remember a little bit is that Angel made the pact with the devil. So maybe he's getting some special privileges that we're unaware of. That's true. And his boys are too. That's true. Look, everything else that Angel did I mean, worked out. So technically, maybe his deal with the <laughs> devil did too. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe it did. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just guessing here. Give him what we got. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Once again, it's all subjective, but that's kind of what I got out of it. When I say they, Kavan gets left behind. He gets his ass kicked pretty good, but Angel, Jose, they make it up because they use the elevator to go up to the top of those towers, apparently, whatever. 
those two hench guys go follow them. This is where it kind of gets fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> because we actually get to see the devil this time. Yes. Which is kind of neat. I mean, given at the time, too, I mean, they're using CG or whatever, some background stuff, probably mm-hmm. some green screen shit, whatever. But it still didn't look too bad. I mean, it was pretty decent. The whole point of it is, is this is where Jose meets his fate. Yeah, I wish Jose wouldn't have died. I wish if anybody died, it would, like, yeah. Kavan's been my homeboy, but he can die out of all of them. Like, Yeah, out of out of the three, I would have, yeah, I would have spared Jose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Whatever. being that he's, you know, a Sainist and all this other shit, wasn't a good, quote unquote, wasn't a good person, mm-hmm. you know. He sacrificed himself so that Anhel could carry out his mission. So that's what happens. So Anhel makes it back down. I can't remember how that plays out. Oh, shit. Do they get shot oh, or do oh, they yeah. just get scared off? No. Anhel shoots the guys. That's what it is. Okay. He shoots them in the back. Uh, uh, yeah. It was because Kavan was set on fire. Right. That's what was going on. They set his ass mm-hmm. on fire and he winds up shooting those guys. He winds up putting out Kavan. But when they're looking for the baby, there's like underneath cardboard with its family. It's already dead. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, oh, okay. That was anticlimactic. <laughs> what was that all about? Because they got shot earlier. Yeah. And that whole ruckus. Yeah, I don't so know. So that's like coincidental, accidental. Like they were doing that whole thing, trying to kill the Antichrist or get there before it. And this is how it ends because of those dudes. <laughs> so, I mean, they. Mission accomplished, but that was probably not how they wanted or envisioned how it was going to end. Yeah. I <laughs> I mean, maybe that's where the absurdity is. I don't, know, I don't get too. it. I didn't like the ending that much. I, I didn't either. That's the only thing I can make sense of. It was like, they did all this shit, this entire film. They did all this stuff just, just to have that somebody happen. else to explain it to me or something, <laughs> but I don't. It's weird. It's a weird one. It, let's say it's super anticlimactic because after all that stuff, after you find out that the baby's already dead with his family... We see this new guy called Kavan on the show. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that part made that's me laugh funny. when he gave the fucking the shout out. He's like, and so my audience gives him this applause. Done. Oh, yeah, he's <laughs> like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> I'm Kavan now. Yeah. <laughs> right? And you know, Look anyhow. at me. I'm Kavan now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you Kavan? No, I am Kavan. <laughs> but then we see where Kavan and on Hellar, they're in a public park. Mm-hmm. They look homeless. Kavan's all fucking scarred up because he was burned, <laughs> you know. And Kavan is bitching because he's like, you know, this dude is. He's going to sink the show. Yeah. You he's know, like, he's he doesn't got it. He ain't got the charisma. It. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just all that shit. And the whole point of that whole last little bit was, you know, hey, we saved the world. No one's ever going to know. And that's. Pretty much that. But did they save the world? That I know that's what I'm saying. Like, it's interesting. Maybe it's a mental illness. Or maybe they just gunned down a fucking family while high on acid. I'm saying maybe those guys really are homeless. <laughs> they were in that public park and they were just dreaming that all up. Oh, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know? However you want to read into it, I think there's a number of ways you can. You know, you... I would like to read it as it's just a straightforward film. Like, yeah, all this stuff happened the way you see it. But then you can also like, well, these guys were taking drugs and how much can you rely on the narrative? Mm -hmm. Who's to say? I don't know. And then all the other social commentary juxtaposed in this film as well. How much is that more of the narrative or plot? I don't know either. 
like I said, I think overall it's a good flick. It, it I is. I just don't know if I'll ever really go back to no, it. No, I can see why it's heralded and why people like it. And I think also it can show the absurdity of like some of these mm-hmm. beliefs. You know, I don't have to point out whom they know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. But it can show you this silliness and absurdity and the links people will go in these beliefs as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just to have something like that, like, oh, that was anticlimactic. What? Yeah, of course, because it's silly in the first place, you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> None of this should have been working. Yeah, yeah. It's like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> but like I said, it it was fun. It it made me appreciate it what for what it's worth. And I, all I want to say this is like maybe our second or third Spanish horror film. Yeah, something like that. I mean, if you count do the Jess Franco Dracula, which I mean, I that was in Spain, to, right? Yeah. yeah. I can't think of. Mm, I feel like there was something else, but I'm missing it right now. Yeah, and if we are, I apologize. But, I mean, was it? Degon was shot in, like, parts of the Catalan. Oh, that's true. So yeah, I mean, we'll but get technically, to I, yeah, anyway, anyway. But this is, like, technically more of a like, true Spanish horror mm-hmm. film. Yeah, because it's shot in Madrid. But I'd say if you like dark comedies and just kind of absurd films and you don't mind having a, a laugh at some, you know, some religious expense. It's not a bad one. I mean, it sounds weird, and it's especially weird because how recently we did the other movie. Yeah. But it's not a bad pairing with De La Morte, De La More. It's really not. I'd say even, I mean, End of Days wouldn't be a bad one. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, like even like Kronos or something like that, you know, I don't know, maybe, mm-hmm. but something in that Spanish vein, or, you know, it's just like a dark comedy too. Wouldn't go bad with it. God, I do wish it was shorter. It could it have drags. been an hour and a half and would have been perfectly fine with that. Hour 35. Drags. Yeah, it, it does. But I will say this. I'm glad that we did watch it. Yeah, um, I'm glad to finally see it. Yeah, exactly. Like, we get it off our list. I can see, like, so once again, why people enjoy it. I think there's some that are better. There's uh, a lot that are worse. Uh, mm-hmm. That's without question. But I had fun with it. I did, too. We tentatively know what we're doing next week. But it involves somebody else, so we're not going to announce it because plans can change. Holy cow. If you follow us for however long, you know how these things tend to work out for us. So So instead, like I said before, subscribe to our Patreon so you already have gotten that episode by the time you hear this. Yeah, but if you're not... Like if you're you're listening to this right now... You can go subscribe to our Patreon and immediately get that next episode and find out exactly what actually ended up happening. Yeah, good on you and thank you. <laughs> or if this is just in the future when you're listening to this, I guess you can just go take a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll, you'll know. <laughs> but for this week, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Frat Squirms, out. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, We highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, 
or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Uh, scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, the easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Uh, you can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ads. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Peace.